It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Fight! Now, from the WATH studios, here's Connor Mills and Joey Madore. From the studios of WATH, this is the Sports Fan on 970 and 97.1 FM. Connor Mills and Mike alongside Joey Medore up until 7 o'clock today on the Sports Fan on this 15th day of October. 6.06 on the clock and 59 degrees and yeah, it's cloudy outside. System says partly sunny, but no, it is very cloudy outside, potentially freezing later on tonight. It's they a little say colder today. Watch. Yeah, it's a uh, yeah, colder, but you know, it's football weather. And when it's football weather, you know that it's almost, well, it is time. We're in the OHSA playoffs now, and uh, who better to talk with than the sports director over at WAB, the founder of the 740 Zone. But Michael Roth joins us on the program right now. Roth, how are you? I am a fantastic low-cold, like you guys have mentioned. It's uh, (laughs) getting chilly. Well, yeah, I mean, we're so... I mean, obviously, as as the temperature drops down, it looks like tomorrow's going to be 55 degrees with the lowest 31. I mean, you guys going to stay warm enough out there on the uh, on the sidelines with the 740 zone? Uh, I hope so. Got to got to bring a jacket for uh, games this weekend. You need more than a jacket, man. Get the get the hand warmers out. Yeah. But anyway, so what what's new with the 740 zone here, Roth? As you enter into the high school football coverage for the postseason. So we got big plans for the playoffs. Uh, uh, should be 11 games covered next week, five on Friday and six on Saturday. So we're gonna have we're gonna have content from Division three through Division seven. Yeah, and you know what? Any uh, so you got Nelsonville York on Saturday, right? Are you? Uh, what other teams are you covering there? Uh, yeah, so we got NY on. Saturday, which should be a pretty good one, um, but in terms of the games that we do have on Friday, give me one second. Uh, on Friday, we have Eastmore at Granville in Division Three, uh, Region Eleven. We also have Tri Valley at Jackson and Columbus South at Sheridan, all in that same region. And then in Region Twenty Seven, Division Seven. We got Burn Union at Eastern Beaver, and then we got Eastern Meg at Caldwell. Then on Saturday, we're going to be covering in Division Four, Region 15, John Glenn at Warren, Cambridge at Heath, and Philo at Meadowbrook. And then in Division Five, Region that would be Region what, 19, uh, Wellston at Johnstown Monroe, Amanda Clear Creek at Liberty Union, and then the final game in Division Six. Region 23, like you already mentioned, Nelsonville, York, hosting uh, Sims Valley. You know, and Roth, you mentioned the uh, the Wellston game, and of course, you know they they're the winners of the TVC Ohio this year. Uh, they've had a tremendous season. You know, what are you expecting from them here in the second round of the OHSAA playoffs? Yeah, this is going to be a pretty difficult game with Johnstown Monroe. The Johnnies had a pretty solid regular season, um, but I would say for for an eight nine matchup, I think this is. Uh, like they should be a pretty even game on paper. Um, with the way Wellston's been playing, I, I would be surprised if they uh, didn't at least keep this very competitive throughout. Um, not sure who I would pick to win, but I do think that the Golden Rockets have a pretty good chance of moving on. 
Yeah, well, there's a decent amount of TVC Ohio teams playing this weekend, including Nelson York, Wilson, as we just talked about, and Venn County. And uh, out of all those teams, who, who do you think's got the best shot at making the the deepest run here in the in uh, in their region? I think it has to be Nelsonville York. They are the only team that is at home for this round, to my knowledge. And the Buckeyes, it, it's going to look like it's going to line up pretty well for them. Um, if they if they win this round, they're going to play either the third seed Fairland or 14 seed Rock Hill. Uh, I know Fairland had a bit of a COVID scare within their school district, so that game is a little bit up in the air right now. Um, so the Buckeyes might get a uh, gift-wrapped game against uh, the 14 seed in the next round if they are able to win and if, uh, unfortunately, for Fairland, they're not able to play. But it seems like right now Fairland's going to try to play. Um, I think NY, NY and Fairland would be a very good game. Fairland finished, uh, I believe, tied for second in the OBC with Gallia. Um, so a team that is pretty talented so um yeah i do think i I find it hard to think benton county is going to be able to defeat teams like gallia and then most likely meadowbrook back-to-back rounds or wellston they're uh most likely running into a uh, force in ironton if they're able to get by johnstown so Ron, do you think there could be a little bit of a situation like we saw with miami trace and chillicothe with with fairland at rock hill Is, is that what you're calling for there or do you think, you know, Fairland will, will have their stuff under control come time to play tomorrow or on Saturday? Yeah, I really don't know. Um, we'll see We'll see what happens. We'll be paying uh, close attention to that game, uh, not covering that with the 7-4-0 zone, but that's, uh, that's a score that I'm sure Nelsonville, York, and TBC Ohio fans are going to want to uh, pay close attention to. Well, they look down at... Division Seven, a lot of TVC hockey teams, obviously, down there. You got Trimble, you got Eastern, you have Waterford, and you know all of them have. You know, you assume Trimble's going to roll, but you know the other two are underdogs in Eastern and Waterford. But as we know, both very solid teams. You know, how do how do you like their chances? Obviously, Waterford playing against a River team that I knew you were very high on, but and you have also uh, you have uh, Eastern as well, who's playing Caldwell, who's a team that already beat them one time, although it was back in Week One. So you know, sometimes I can make things a little bit. Funky, but how do you like uh, those two teams' chances uh, coming up this weekend? Yeah, uh, in terms of the Eastern side, I think that they got a pretty solid chance of moving on. You know, obviously things did not go their way in week one of the season, but this is a team that this group of Eastern seniors did defeat during their junior year, so they have the confidence. They know that if they play up to their full potential, they can beat this Caldwell team, and it's not like it was an uncompetitive week one game. So I think from an Eastern perspective, they have to be pretty pleased with the draw that they actually were able to get. Um, And then on the Waterford side, it's going to be difficult. But, you know, the Wildcats haven't been eliminated this early in uh, the playoffs in a very long time. I know the past two seasons they've made it to the second round, which would be the regional semifinals. Uh, You know, they still have to win two playoff games to get back to that point at this stage. So we'll see if... uh, Waterford can kind of turn back the clock and uh, get that usual playoff success that we've been so accustomed to from the Wildcats. It's going to be difficult, um, but I don't think River is uh, is as strong as maybe a team like Newark Catholic. So I think uh, I think the Wildcats should uh, should feel confident about keeping it competitive at least. 
Yeah, I mean, you look at Waterford's resume coming into this season, obviously the three losses, but all of them are to really good teams. Obviously, Fort Fry, to, that's a number one seed. You got Trimble, another number one seed, and then, of course, that Eastern team in a, in a, in a tight game that they lost too. Because So, obviously, you know, River can't go in and, and overlook this team. No, not at all. And um, it's going to be it's going to be interesting because that that uh, region actually has a decent amount of teams all from the same conference. So that'll be pretty fascinating to watch which uh, which conference really makes themselves superior because you, you really don't know what you're going to get from the TVC Hawking teams because you know each of them did play five conference games, so they really only got week one to prove how good they are outside of league play. And um, a lot of a couple of those games weren't very competitive. And then when the TVC Hawking teams have played each other, it's been very low scoring. So is that because the TVC Hawking teams have great defense, or is it because the offenses aren't great? I think we're going to figure that out very shortly here in the next couple rounds of the playoffs. We'll, we'll really know whether Waterford and Eastern's defense really are all that, or if their offenses just aren't up to par. And that's what really I was going to ask you there, Roth, because for Waterford, again, a couple close losses for them this season, one to Trimble, of course, 14 to nothing, and then they lost to Eastern 10 to 8. Uh, but it, it, do you think that there might be a little bit of an issue with you know, Waterford's kind of offense when they go against a team that has an equally good defense? Or you know, what, what really do you think is going to happen between you know, River and Waterford? Can that offense get anything going against a quality team? Yeah, it'll be interesting because Waterford has scored points in bunches when they're not playing uh, top-flight competition, but when, when they are playing those sort of teams, they really just can't figure out how to do anything on the offensive end, so it'll be fascinating to see which uh, way River eventually hands out. Are they going to be one of those dominant defenses where Waterford can barely cross midfield, or are they going to be one of those teams that Waterford really just has no trouble with scoring because, like, Look at some of their high-scoring game totals, and it's it's really impressive. But then uh, you got two games where you scored uh, what was that eight points against Eastern, and uh, did Nothing. they even crack the scoreboard against Trimble? No, they didn't score against Trimble. Yeah, and they got eight. No. You're right, and it was on a kickoff return. It wasn't even an offensive touchdown. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see what happens with that Waterford uh, offense. It'll be about, that'll be what determines how far they go. So, Rothy, I mean. You look at a lot of the matchups last week, and there was just blowouts across the board uh, in, in, you know, week seven. Just a lot of teams getting absolutely dominated, even the teams that were, you know, 11-12s playing each other and things like that. Do, do you think that changes a little bit this week, or do you think once again we're going to see, you know, a week where the top seeds just kind of dominate everybody and uh, they just continue to move on? I would say probably the top five seeds are sitting pretty this week. Um Sure, you can see a couple of those top seeds fall, but, you know, I think that really the top four to five seeds are pretty comfortable this week. Uh, but I do think that basically the six versus 11, the seven versus 10, and the eight versus nine games are going to have some really fascinating matchups. So um really just depends where you want to focus your energy on. Are you going to pay attention to uh, the top seeds like the Trimbles or the Fort Fries? Or are you going to pay attention to that Wellston versus Johnstown game or the NY Sims Valley game? So um, I would say as long as you're not expecting, like, the Ironton game to be competitive, I think that this could be a really solid weekend of football. And hopefully it is an exciting weekend of football. Again, you know, of course, you can listen to us 
over on Power 105. We've got the Trimble game. We've got Nelsonville, York. Uh, thankfully, we'll be inside for uh, the Nelsonville, York game. We, we got the press box. I know Coach Rusty Richards let us know about that, and we're always appreciative. Uh, but those two games on a Friday, Saturday, both kicking off at 7 o'clock. Um, you know, so hope yeah, hopefully we do get those those good games, and hopefully you know there there wins as we continue our coverage, and of course you guys will be continuing your coverage. I mean, what is the the best game that you're going to go out to this week? Uh, I would probably say it's the Tri Valley Jackson game, uh, Division Three. That's the biggest division that we cover. Um, it, it's honestly between Tri Valley Jackson and Granville and Eastmore. Um, people are pretty familiar with. Tri-Valley and Jackson, uh, both teams are runners-up in their conferences. Uh, Tri-Valley in the MBL Big Division and uh, Jackson in the FAC. Uh, different, I think I've mentioned this before, Tri-Valley very senior-laden. Uh, Jackson very inexperienced outside of a couple seniors. So uh, despite the Ironmen having a lot of talent, we'll see how they bounce back after losing the FAC championship in surprise fashion to Chilicothe. And then the Granville East, Eastmore game. I think Granville's a little bit of a sleeper considering their two losses were to um, state-ranked teams, uh, or not state-ranked teams, the uh, the number two seed in Division Four, Region 15, and the number four seed in Division Four, Region 16, uh, by only uh, one point in the one game and on a Hail Mary on the other. Uh, they're going up against an Eastmore squad that started their season in Week 4, but they were putting up points in the Columbus City League, and uh, we know historically Eastmore has had some pretty solid success in Region 11. So I think that that game is going to be pretty exciting as well. So those would probably be the two games that uh, Southeast Ohio fans might want to mark their calendars for um, in terms of this uh, Friday's games. And then Saturday, I think John Glenn versus Warren is really the uh, game that's going to be super competitive um, from a uh, – relatively close to uh, Athens County game. So, Mike, uh, talking about, you know, kind of a team that we got to see and heard on the radio here last week, Western Brown, of course, beat Athens last week, and we know how explosive of an offense they've had, a 4-2 and two record heading into the postseason. They're a 15 seed. They go on to play the two seed, Bishop Hartley, and uh, I just want to get your take on this because, you know, I have a feeling this could be one of the games where I know you mentioned the top five seeds will probably be okay, I think this is one of the games where we could see a really competitive, you know, lower seeded team because I think this, I think this Western Brown team got a kind of kind of got the the short end of the stick when it came to seeding in their region this year, and they they're taking on the two seed. Well, what do you expect to see from that matchup? Being that the fact that Western Brown can score so many points offensively. Yeah, I really think that Western Brown is uh, very disrespected sitting at the 15th seed. You know, they're in a weird location for that region. That If they're not the furthest uh, team out west, they're, they're close to it. Um, so looking at their explosive offense, they played the top team in all Division Four in Clinton Massey. Obviously, they gave up 86 points, but they still scored 54. Uh, this Western Brown team, they can put up points in a hurry. They, uh, they weren't playing their starters in uh, most of the second half against Athens. I uh, I think that Bishop Hartley is uh, looking at this matchup, and they're like, really? We, could, we couldn't be playing, like, the 14, the 13, the, the 12 seed? Um, even uh, the, the 11 seed as well. I, I think all of those teams, uh, Western Brown, 11 through 14, they have a more impressive resume. So um, I guess 
you don't want to put too much stock into me saying that, oh, I think Western Brown should be the 11 seed instead of 15 um, because still it would be the 11 seed versus the 2 seed, which would be a pretty monumental upset. But um, I would not be surprised if that, that final score is sitting at like some 42-35 Bishop Hartley uh, kind of sweats a little bit more than they were expecting. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely an intriguing matchup there. Um, obviously, we were impressed by what Western Brown was able to do uh, against Athens. They you know, took advantage of, of the, the Bulldogs' mistakes, and they were having a pretty good season. You know, it's a season that you know they probably would have made the postseason even if everybody else didn't make it. Uh, but I would definitely, I would say that, that Western Brown does make a little bit of a push uh, in this postseason. Gives gives the two-seed a little bit of trouble. Um that's just what I think that they can do. Uh, hearing from Brad and hearing from Heath, you know, that, that is a good football team, and that is you know, someone to, to really look at and be like, all right, maybe they can be a little bit of a dark horse there. But is there any other uh, kind of dark horses or, or teams that you're keeping your eye on that can make a little bit of noise that maybe didn't get the notoriety during the, the six-week regular season? Anybody flying under the yeah, radar would, for you? I would say in terms of a couple upset specials, um, I'm pretty high on Philo and their chances against Meadowbrook. That would be a 13 over four. Um, I do kind of like Western Brown against Bishop Hartley. I like their odds. Uh, also, Harrison Central, uh, I believe they're traveling up to Canfield, which is around the Youngstown area, to play South Range. Uh, that's another team that I think could have a pretty decent shot of pulling off a big upset. Uh, looking at any other team... Uh, I would say Eastern Megs has a pretty solid shot of uh, upsetting the sixth seed. And uh, this isn't much of an upset, but I think I've mentioned this before. I am all over ninth-seeded Burn Union against eighth-seeded uh, Beaver Eastern. So, um, yeah, I would say let's say Philo against Meadowbrook, 13 versus 4 in that Division Four Region 15 game. And then also Western Brown, Harrison Central, two 15 seeds that might uh, – put up a lot of points against the two seed and then Eastern Megs against Caldwell. Those would probably be some of the uh, games that you might want to take a closer peek in and uh, put them on a upset alert potentially. I know you've been high on this burn union team. And obviously if, if things shape out how, how you think they will and you know, how they probably should on Trimble's end, do you, do you think burn union can, uh, can give the Tomcats some troubles if they end up meeting up next week? Yes, no question about it. Um, I know you, I, I don't want to keep using the, this example, but Burn Union beat fourth-seeded Worthington Christian by a similar score that Trimble beat sixth-seeded Nelsonville York. Um, so, yeah, I think that Burn Union is uh, is underrated. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what uh, what Burn Union can do this Friday. Um, but if they do what I expect them to do. And uh, Trimble does what I think everybody expects them to do. Uh, that's going to be a pretty huge game that uh, would be in the regional quarterfinals, especially for Division Seven. I don't think you're usually expecting a matchup of that magnitude in that round, and I definitely think it would uh, it would be worthy of a lot of hype. Yeah, I definitely think so too. And before we let you go here, Roth, I, I got to ask this question: Are you giving any any chance? to Miami Trace over London uh, uh, tomorrow. It, the 21 seed, Miami Trace, and London, the fifth seed. Uh, 
probably not. Um, <laughs> I know I know Miami Trace got the upset against a 19-man Chillicothe team, but uh, right. Yeah, I'd be pretty pretty surprised <laughs> if they uh, they kept their mojo going. They they did have a couple of their top players out for a little bit of the regular season. They're back, so uh, th- this isn't the exact same Miami Trace team that you, you saw get uh, get destroyed by uh, Jackson and Chillicothe in the regular season. But don't think they have enough to get by London. Um, that could that should set up a uh, a London versus Jonathan Alder rematch. Those two teams played each other in week six. Um, and I believe that the uh, Jonathan Alder head coach was a teammate of the London head coach at London High School. Um, somehow they their paths intertwined at London, and now the other one's at Alder. So um, that's going to be some pretty, uh, pretty neat history for... Uh, for those interested in Division Three Region 11, if both teams are able to advance, which I would say London against Miami Trace and Johnson Alder against Zanesville, I believe it is, uh, both are pretty prohibitive favorites. Well, it sounds uh, pretty good. And, uh, again, I, I asked that question because, you know, Miami Trace did lose big to, uh, to Chillicothe earlier this year. Um, but, hey, you know, in this postseason, they've proved it. Anything can happen. Really appreciate you uh, coming on the program here, Roth. Always appreciate your insight with high school football. And, of course, you know, we hope we have our two Athens County teams continuing throughout the postseason. Uh, but even if not, you know, we uh, always look forward to having you on the on the show. Yes, sir. Thanks, Connor. Thank you, Roth. Again, that's Michael Roth, the creator of the 740 Zone and the sports director over at WOUB. And, of course, I know his hands will be busy as you know, Bob Bobcats coming back. We talked about them a lot this week. Um, but covering 11 games this weekend. That's a lot. Yeesh. That's a lot for the 7 for Ozone to go out to. But they're not covering Trimble. How can they not have, have Trimble? I guess they're going to cover them you as the postseason goes. All right. Well, I mean, he, said, he said at the end there you know, that he thinks that Trimble's going to win, win big and that they're going to cover him after next week. I mean, he's talked up this game against, what, Bernie Union? Is uh is his big matchup? Burn Union, yeah, Burn he's Union. big on them. So he is big on them. Better hope they don't lose. <laughs> yeah, we won't let them live it down. <laughs> if uh, if Beaver Eastern defeats Burn Union, and uh, we'll get Roth on the uh, the program come Monday, That's right, right. At the top of the show. <laughs> yep, he'll be scheduled in right away. Yep, I think we got a. Uh, Trevor Stevens calling in the program right after this. we got to take a short break. On the other side, Trevor breaks down the Athens season, and we'll get a little bit more local. We'll keep it localized with Trimble and uh, Nelsonville, York with Trevor. Coming up next, but you're listening to The Sports Fan on 970 and 97.1 FM, WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. 
Fairhope celebrates life. If you're facing an end-of-life situation, Fairhope Hospice and Palliative Care. It is never too soon to call. Fairhope is here to listen. You don't have to face it alone. Fairhope cares for your loved one where they live. Or, during times of stress, the Pickering House is a serene setting providing relief for the patient. To learn more about Fairhope's Care from the Heart, please call 1-800-994-7077. Fairhope Hospice, we celebrate life. Don't miss Southeast Ohio's local music showcase, Ruby Soup, a show all about the artists and bands of Ohio every Monday night. Hosted by me, Paul Holden, right here on Southeast Ohio's number one hit station, Power 105. At Ohio Health, we'd like to remind you that the health issues you faced before the pandemic haven't just gone away. That cancer screening you needed, well, you still need it. Your bad knee's not going to replace itself. And when life as you know it stopped, your medical needs didn't. It's time to take back your health safely. And just like always, Ohio Health is here to help you do it. Visit OhioHealth.com to find out more. Cowboy. For the best in rock, grunge, metal, and whatever, join Sky. Ah, oh, what a good night. Every Wednesday and Thursday night at 10 till midnight on Power 105 with Full Throttle. Hey, hey guys, I'm loving Full Throttle tonight. I'm rocking, you're rocking, shoot sugar, everybody's rocking tonight. Brought to you by Avalanche Pizza, where every pizza is an adventure. What in the world is going on now? Find out every weekday at 8 a.m. and 7 p.m. on the World News Roundup from CBS News Radio and on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. In today's world, the last thing you need is a broken cell phone. If you've got equipment in need of repair, Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair is here to help. Athens Electronic Repair services all brands of electronics, cell phones, tablets, game systems, and more. Plus, during the health crisis, Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair offers home pickup and delivery and a contact-free drop-off kiosk outside the store. Don't work from home with a busted computer? Call Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair at 740-590-1677 or visit the shop at 386 Richland Avenue, Athens. Local teams, local opinions, the sports fan on 970 WATH. It's a sports fan right here on 970 97.1 FM WATH. Mills the mic along with Joe Medor up until 7 o'clock today on Sports Fan, presented by JK Contracting. And joining the program right now, the Athens statistician, our friend Trevor Stevens. Trevor, how have you been? I've been good. How about you guys? We're doing all right. We're hanging in there. We're excited for some uh, postseason football coming up. That's right. So, Trevor, you said you got some stats for us. Uh, Athens season, uh, of course, comes to a close. Uh, This senior group of guys have done a lot. They've accomplished a lot. Uh, How did they finish up so far stats-wise for their season? So, for the – I just – I have Athens season stats right here. So, for as a team, Athens scored 104 points, averaging 17.3 points per game with 17 touchdowns, going 4 of 17 on two-point attempts without attempting a field goal or a PAT, passing combined, so really and more both combined with 78 of 153 for 1,000 and... 161 yards, 11 touchdowns, 
four interceptions. Each of them had two. Athens rushing had 127 carries for 405 yards, four touchdowns, and the longest rush play of the year was only 16 yards. That goes back to the rushing issues that they had earlier in the year. And basically the receiving stats were the same as the passing with uh, with uh, 82 yard touchdown is the longest catch on the season in week one. So those are Athens had 268 tackles and nine fumbles. So what do you think about those team stats, you guys? You know, definitely a lot that the uh, you know they they've done a lot this season. They have uh, you know obviously some room to grow as they get ready for next year, but I think all in all, I think it was a, a successful year for them. Yeah, Charlie, what I would say is I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there where it painted the picture that uh, rushing the ball offensively was a bit of a struggle. And, of course, you know, it doesn't help when early on in the season they fell behind a lot in games and, you know, kind of had to, you know, get away from the run game because they were trying to come back for two or three scores down. And so you got to try to throw the ball around and score quickly. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was definitely – one of those things where, the, you know, outside of the Megs game, you just never really felt the, the run game be able to get into a rhythm at any point. And uh, I think it kind of it limited, limited them to being one-dimensional on offense at times. I agree with that, especially even when Coach White was on discussing midseason. He even said that the rushing game was a huge part. If Athens could get it going, right. it could be a different team. Yeah. And it showed that next game when they ran – the ball, handed off to Peyton Gale. Most of that game, Athens could move the ball and was a different team than the first couple of games. And then the last two games, now so you're like in the playoff game, basically Athens lost a star player to injury, so they had a, just a sophomore who had to step in with limited experience and had to take over. So Trevor, I'll go with that. You know, what did you see from the sophomore quarterback? I mean, what what did you really see out of Landon here? Uh, what did he show you? He showed me that basically he can be uh, one of the better quarterbacks at Athens, but he just needs uh, off season and time to grow and learn the system. He only had basically because he was at Rutgers for the announcer game. He practiced at wide receiver, and for the playoff game, he was QB1. So he only had basically a week. And like Coach White said, uh, the week of the playoffs, basically Athens had to change the whole system up just for landing because they were starting with the sophomore quarterback. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, so, but there's definitely, like you said, yeah, he could be a, a good quarterback but just needs an offseason. He needs a little bit, you know, grow a little bit. You know, he's only a sophomore, and he could potentially do some big things going next year. Yep. Trevor, I mean, Alex, what are some playoff matchups in the area you're excited for coming up here? Obviously, I know you're an Athens guy through and through, but, you know, there's still a lot of football left to be played. I would say... Let's start. So, after the Western in Region 11, to Western Brown versus Bishop Hartley. Mm-hmm. The team that I saw last week basically wasn't 
was a surprise to me because they it seemed like even though that they scored forty some points on Athens, that if Athens had Joey and was fully healthy, that could have been a different game. But because it didn't seem like that they were like their offense wasn't there, even though like the all the all season long they were scoring forty plus points per game. Athens could have been in that game much longer. I'm because I have a feeling that Bishop Harley, if if they are the team we like close to the team that we saw in 2018, they will easily like roll Brown, Russian Brown, because Russian Brown was beatable by Athens. They it might not even be close unless you guys what you guys think. Unless it could be Athens could have been a wake up call for them. Right. Uh, what do you think that Western Brown you know, can do in this postseason? I mean, obviously you saw them. You took the long trip out there. Do you think that Western Brown is going to be able to go deep into this postseason? Do you, do you give them a chance this week? Uh, well, I've seen, what I saw out there was that they scored points off turnovers. Is how they must have been able to load some of these games open because Athens turned the ball over a couple of times and Either a player to later, they have scored a game. Plus, they have a they have a kick return that basically scored a touchdown. And if they can get good field position on special teams, that can be huge for them. Plus, they they also have a kicker, unlike Athens had all year, so they can set up field goals. Yeah, in high school, it's less often, but points are points in the playoffs. Right, and going into the so now you know, as their season comes to an end, as as uh, you know, we heard that their equipment was was turned in. I heard that from a, a couple people there. Um, so Athens is done. They won't reschedule and have a game against Wellston. That makes Wellston the champions of the TVC Ohio for the first time, and really a long time because for Wellston, that has really been a, a team outside of Athens County to win the TVC, whether it be the Ohio or the Hawking, uh, in a very very long time. But Got to tip your cap to Wellston. They did everything right this year, and they're still going in the postseason. It's Wellston's first title since they won back-to-back in 0102. Well, else it's been Athens and Nelsonville all for most of those years with Alexander winning in 15. But again, they, they had a good year. They've got a good coach, and uh, they have you know, really impressed uh, you know, from last year, from the success that they had, they build upon that, and then they go into this year. But a couple teams in Athens County that's still going on right now with Trimble coming up on Friday and then Nelsonville-York on Saturday. I know you haven't seen a whole lot of those teams. You've seen Nelsonville-York, obviously, when Athens played Nelsonville-York. Uh, but what's your insight for this weekend? So basically, from what I have seen when Athens played Nelsonville-York, it was mostly Nelsonville's defense that won the game before Joey's injury. And then when Landon came into that game, it was basically Athens couldn't do anything. So I have to say, Nelson York's defense is what's going to keep them in these playoff games. How far do you think Nelson York can go? I have a feeling they win this week, and then depending on who they play, we have to take it week by week because I don't think they'll go 
maybe one more week. So they win this week and lose next week. So you think they'll lose to the three-seed Fairland? Fairland is at home or away because Athens has had problems with Fairland in the past. It would be an away game because Fairland is the higher seed, and you know how this postseason goes with the higher seed being home all the way until the regional finals. Yes, and North New York will have to deal with the fans and the officials down there that had caused, that gave Athens problems a couple years ago when they went down there. Right. And what about Trimble? I mean, Trimble's coming up tomorrow. They've got, you know, the, uh, I don't want to, a lot of people, you know, whatever you want to say, Monroe Central, they're the 16 seed. Trimble's got to go in there and do business. But, you know, what, what do you foresee for Trimble coming up? Uh, I haven't seen much of them since basically you're the, you guys are the only ones who, like, go out and broadcast their games. But what I have read and heard is that Trimble lost a bunch of seniors last year from right. the playoff team. So I've appeared on Trimble since it's at home and how the high winning percentage at home has been very high. I have to say Trimble will probably win this one. They replaced their whole offense. Basically, they replaced their whole offense. Uh, Tabor Lackey, new in there as quarterback. Downs, who was a, a tight end last year, now is a tailback. Uh, yeah, they had to replace the whole offensive line. And it's really been impressive what Trimble has been able to do from last year to this year. And they only have five, what was it, five, four seniors, Joey? I believe you said five. I think I think it is five. Uh, you're yeah, you're the one with the roster, pal. I don't. Uh... Well, not in front of me right now, but yeah, it would be five five seniors this year. So they have the majority of their team that is underclassmen coming back next year. So they're they're the one seed this year, and yeah, they they could be pretty pretty dangerous. Uh, it's still going on this year, but then next year as well. You know, by being the one seed, people think, oh, you're pretty good, but by being the one seed after what, losing all those offense is even more impressive. Even though the Hawking is more down, even though like I hear about like Eastern Trimble and a couple of these like schools who were top three in the Hawking all the time, but and with enrollment down, they're playing like D seven, D six. So you're playing. A lower division means you're playing lower schools, so it's much more even, even though compared to, like, D3 or Athens, which has a ton of enrollment. Right. And, Trevor, before we let you go, I know basketball season's coming up. You got any early predictions for uh, Bulldog basketball? It's going... I have not seen or heard who's going out for it, but I know that the school board... It's going to improve Mickey Kozak to Mac tonight at their meeting. So, and the schedule opens up at one. Very difficult. The first four games, two home, two away, are going to be very difficult. And from what the OSSA sent in the memo today, it seems like it's going to be 300 fans max in the gym. And that's the same what they have done for volleyball. And it seems like I... Well, I have heard around here that there hasn't been issues with, like, fans being inside gyms at volleyball matches. So, hopefully it's the same for basketball, but it's going to be, with the state order, it's going to be 300 fans 
and being inside, I don't think that's going to change much. Right. Well, I look forward to seeing you at those basketball games. It's been a while since I've seen you in person there, Trevor, but of course, you know, myself and Troy will be going out and calling those uh, Bulldog basketball games as they, uh, as they happen. But thanks again, Trevor, for calling in. We've got to take another short break right here on the Sports Fan, but you're always welcome to, uh, to call in and always appreciate the insight. Thanks. Again, Trevor Stevens, the Athens statistician. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. It's a sports fan on 970 and 97.1 FM, WATH. I'm Brad Keselowski, driver of the number two discount tire Ford Mustang. Have you ever been in a hurry to get somewhere? When ding, your tire pressure light comes on? Properly inflated tires are essential to the health of your car and can help keep you driving safely. Check your tire pressures every month, especially before long road trips, or stop by your neighborhood tire retailer for help. A message from the U.S. Tire Manufacturers Association. Fruit has curbside pickup. Call your fruit to place a curbside order today. Simply call Fruit General Store or Fruit Pharmacy and tell our friendly fruit associates what you need. Once your order is ready, a fruit associate will let you know you can come pick up. Upon arrival, call your store, and a staff member will bring your purchase to your car. Thanks for shopping with us. Fruith is proud to be a part of your community. Visit us at fruitpharmacy.com. Hi, it's Randy and Boots from the Auto Smarts Radio Network. And why should you listen to our show on this station? Well, Boots is a man of many talents and his knowledge you won't believe. Just listen. Hey, Boots, what's your favorite thing to talk about? Cars. Rick Ocasek was the lead singer of what band? The Cars. What was Gary Newman's biggest selling song? Cars. Who was the all-time leading scorer in Notre Dame basketball history? Car. That's right, Austin Carr. Anything you'd like to add? Cars, cars, cars. 57 Chevy. Cars. That's Auto cars. Smarts. Friday afternoons cars. at 106 cars. on 970 WATH and 97.1 FM. That's a 57 Chevy? Cars, cars, cars. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. This is the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. And Sports Fan right here, 970, 97.1 FM, WATH, either way. Mills and Mike with Joey Medor up until 7 o'clock today. We heard yeah. from Michael Roth, the sports director over at WOUB, and of course Trevor Stevens calling into the program. Great to hear from them both. And You know... It, it, it's starting to get dark at the end of sports fans. That's, that's how it you is. know. The, the, the cold weather's coming. That's how you know. We, yeah. We've changed the seasons now. Even though it's still the fall, it didn't feel like fall at all, really. And then now, you know, it as it gets now. colder, yeah. I don't really know how to feel fall, though. I mean, it's either summer or it's winter. No, you know? leaves on the ground. Well, I can tell if it's fall by seeing it. But just by, you know, the, the temperature... It's either I'm cold and now it's winter, or it's I'm hot and now it's summer. I forget about spring and forget about uh, about fall. It's either are you warm or are you cold, and that that's that's my insight on that. Uh, but we heard breaking news over the break that Le'Veon Bell is expected to sign with the Kansas City Chiefs. Of course, I went off on Bell yesterday. Uh, maybe it didn't go off, but you know the Jets misused him entirely after you know, he came back after a year off. Sat out because he wanted more money. 
Um, got paid less than what he w- would have gotten paid with the Steelers anyway. And for Le'Veon Bell, you know, the, the Jets were not a good fit. The Jets are not a well-run football team. But I can tell you one thing. If he does sign with the Chiefs, he's expected to sign. If he signs with Kansas City, I think he'll be used to his capacity. I think that he'll be a nice compliment to Clyde Edwards-Elaire. I don't know if they're looking to replace Clyde. I mean, they spent the, the draft pick on him, and I thought he's been doing a pretty good job. I haven't keeping a close tab on him, but the former LSU running back. Um, you know, but that, that could be an interesting signing for Kansas City as they just add another weapon to the arsenal uh, for the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, I'll be interested to see uh, when we hear more details. Obviously, it's obviously not confirmed that he is signing. Uh, no one, not a credible source has reported it yet, like Adam Scheffner hasn't been on it or anything like that. But I have seen it pop up a few places here. I'd like to see the contract details because, I mean, they just paid Mahomes. <laughs> I mean, obviously, it's over the course of 10 years, but $500 million. They re-signed Chris Jones. They're working on bringing Tariq and Kelsey back and all these guys. I don't know where all this money's coming from for the Chiefs, but... uh you know, maybe Bell took some kind of pay cut because he's trying to go out there and get some Super Bowls. Obviously, Kansas City would be a, a good option to uh, to choose if, if you are ring chasing. But uh, that's interesting. And that, uh, I mean, if he plays anywhere close to where he did in Pittsburgh, I mean, that offense, which already seemed extremely hard to stop at times, uh, could seem like it's almost impossible if you, if you can add him in there and get him going at the level he was at a few years ago. Right. And, you know, it is a... Um, uh, a- Seeing it on Sports Center, running back Bell to sign with Champion Chiefs. Uh, they do say that he's expected to sign again. You know, not, no contract or anything of the sort. But before he goes to the Chiefs and when he was with the Jets, you know, they signed him for a four-year deal, fifty-two point five million dollar contract. And all that, I think it was a twenty-seven million dollar buyout. Yeah. So I mean, he he got paid to then leave the Jets. Mm-hmm. So he's now just taking a vengeance. I don't know if you saw, but the teams that he wanted, that he narrowed in on, were either the Bills, the Chiefs, or the Dolphins. And those three teams are the next three opponents for the Jets. So he he is highly motivated to go against his former team. And I, as a Jet fan, do not want to watch that game because I feel like he'll put up his first 100-yard rushing game in probably the last... Three years. Yeah, they might score 100 on the Jets if uh, <laughs> when that game happens. I mean, that's going to be terrible. But that's the uh, Le'Veon Bell news right there. Again, he's expected to sign with the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, if he does, uh, he's expected to, but we'll, we'll get the contract and stuff out uh, later on when he does have that. But still, um, yeah, good for him. He, he found a better franchise. <laughs> uh, of course, coming up on Sunday... It will be the Cincinnati Bengals with the uh, Bengals and Colts. That'll be one o'clock for a kickoff. One thirty. Our pregame starts right here on nine seventy WATH. You can only listen to it over the air right here on terrestrial radio, and that's all right. Uh, your live stream's got to be blacked out of the sort. But uh, you know we got music over on one hundred five. If you you still need your music fix for during that time on Sunday, and of course Barry Bolin in Sunday morning memories uh, from six a.m. all the way up until. 11:30 on Sunday with the Bengals, uh, you know, with their pregame show. So, enjoyed listening to Barry on the Sunday morning memories, and of course we got other great programs uh, of, of the sort. But right here, phone lines are open at 740-592-6646. It's an exciting two days as tomorrow it'll be the Trimble Tomcats 
against Monroe Central Seminoles. And on Saturday, we double up on uh, football on the power station this week. On Saturday, 7 o'clock again, it will be Nelsonville, York against the Sims Valley Vikings. Two Athens County teams are seated higher. They're expected to win, and I'm expecting a couple good ball games here, Joey. Yeah, I agree. I mean, take a look at Nelsonville, York at first. Sims Valley, obviously, having... We'll see what, if it will be advantage or disadvantage to having being able to play a, a already playoff game while going into, uh, you know, while going into you know, playing another one here on the road once again, for for Sims Valley heading into uh, you know Boston Field. This is going to be a good atmosphere. Uh, Nelsonville York. We'll see. You know, just all the, the prep they've been doing. It. You know, it sounded like when we talked about when we co- talked to Coach Richards on the post game show a couple weeks ago that he was pretty he was pretty certain that Sims Valley was going to be the team that he was going to end up playing, and then of course. They went pretty handily over at Southeast and 36 to 14. I mean, you know, Nelsonville York, they've been hot. They've been playing good football ever since their 0-2 start. They've uh, they've come out and beaten all the teams they were supposed to, including a really gritty double overtime win against Vinton County. And, uh, you know, of course, they came out and just absolutely decimated Athens the last time we saw them on a football field. So yeah, as soon as they shifted to, you know, being able to run the football and get ahead on teams, they play really good defense, as we heard Trevor talk about uh, a few minutes ago. And when you can do that, when you can control the football, play good defense, you know, control the clock, uh, you, you're going to have a shot in any game. And, of course, they're going to be favored. And, you know, hopefully we go out there and we see them win because obviously we want to keep seeing these Athens teams move on. You know, we already have the Bulldogs out, so might as well continue to root for uh, the other Athens County teams to make a run. I think both of them have a, have a decent shot, especially Nelsonville, York. I think they can surprise some people. I think they're really experienced up front in the trenches. That's obviously important. So that's good. And then looking over at Trimble, as I mentioned, you know, it's uh, I don't know if it's gonna be quite the uh, the, the blowout that we we might imagine because uh, as I mentioned, Monroe Central has played some pretty good teams, pretty tough uh, throughout the season this year. Um, but you know, I still expect Trimble to take some of their lumps in the first maybe quarter, quarter and a half. They're a young team. A lot of guys on this team have not experienced a, a high school football playoff game yet, and um, you know they could be they're gonna come in ready to play. Though that's what Coach Ferris will always have them ready to do so they're going to go out there and they're they're going to you know Tabor going to have his first playoff start as a quarterback but he's been there before at other positions so the moment won't be too big for him same with his running back downs Blake Guffey another one who's been there before their 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 key skill guys have had the experience yeah Yeah, Fouts well so you know they're they might get off to a slow start I think this Monroe Central team might come in a little bit fired up but you know playing at Trimble in Gloucester that you know I just think Trimble pulls away big time in the second half and they coast on to uh to a pretty big victory and then you know we'll see who they end up playing obviously we if you were listening to the beginning of the show Roth thinks that if burn union can beat eastern that's an eight nine matchup uh, that's beaver eastern not the uh, eastern in reedsville but um that that could be a pretty good matchup there but you know obviously trimble can't look ahead just yet they got to handle their business tomorrow night and i think they will yeah poor zanesville bishop rosecrans 63 to 6 uh in a loss to uh, sugar grove burn union that, that's a running clock and a half. I mean, that, that's a, a big, big blowout. I mean, it's not the only blowout across the state, but you know, when you have a nine seed going against a 24 seed, I mean, who's seeded those two guys? You know, that's just a unfortunate first-round matchup for Rosecrans. But, yeah, a lot Bernie, of the lower seeds had unfortunate first-round matchups <laughs> last week. That's why they were the low seed. Yeah. <laughs> But Monroe Central wins uh, 46-6 to over Strasburg-Franklin. They advance. They face Trimble tomorrow. Uh, you know, they're coming in high, 46 points. But Trimble's defense, they have shut out their last four opponents. 
Uh, of course, they gave up 28 points to Nelsonville York in week one. They gave up a touchdown to Eastern in week two. But then after that, it's been shut out central for Trimble, and they have looked good on defense, and they have just you know, figured things out on offense. They've spread the ball around a little bit more often than they have. It's no longer just a wishbone. Tabor Lackey's arm has gotten stronger from week one. He was floating the ball up there. A couple passes might have looked a little ugly, but you know he has improved, and he has thrown that ball with a little bit of zip behind it. And looking forward to seeing him and looking forward to see Drew Carter of the Buckeyes coming up on, on Saturday because Carter has, has done a nice job leading the uh, Nelson New York Buckeyes to wins over the last couple games. But two great games coming up this weekend. and We'll get the Jambulance out there. We'll make an event of it, both at Trimble and both uh, in Bookdool for Nelsonville. If you see us, stop by, say hello. I guess we got to keep six feet away. Uh, but we'll have the Jambulance player, and we got the music going, and then until game time, uh, then we got the game out there, too. So if you wanted to hear it on the radio and you can't make it into the stadium, we at least still have that out there for you as well. Well, one thing for certain for Trimble is it will be a, a much easier matchup than their first-round matchup last year. So uh, you can always take that positive away from it. Oh, yeah. I mean, just, again, last year was, was unfair. This year, now Trimble gets the number one seed here in 27. They, they you know, dropped down to Division Seven. They can compete, and they did compete last year in Division Six. But really, they are a D7 team. They were over by one or two. They should have been D7 anyway. And now they really get a chance to go out there and dominate. They're ranked third in the state of Ohio in Division 7, according to the AP poll. So that's exciting. That's a, a good team to watch. It's been a good team to watch, and looking forward to them again tomorrow. It'll be a 6.50 pregame for both games coming up on Friday and Saturday. For Trimble, again, Monroe Central, Sims Valley, and the Buckeyes on Saturday. And both games can be heard on Athens County's number one hit music station, Power 105. Myself and Heath Clemens will be out there and bring you the Jamelins, too. This has been the Sports Fan, presented by Jane K. Contracting at 970 and 97.1 FM, WATH. For Joey Medor, this is Connor Mills signing off. Joey's got you for the Sports Fan tomorrow. And, of course, the postgame show over on Power 105 as well. CBS News is next. Thanks for listening in.